Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Thanks, everybody, who supports Daily Tech News Show directly. To find out more, head to dailytechnewsshow.com slash supports. This is the Daily Tech News for Tuesday, September 18th, 2018 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from a studio that's more like a zoo, I'm Sarah Lane. Oh, I noticed you were Scooter Lane yesterday with the uh, jury, and today you're you're Sarah. Why does jury get the special treatment well, that I don't? Meagle ears, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Well, from a uh, dark place in Finland, which <laughs> the entirety of Finland is dark. I'm Patrick Beja. And uh, <laughs> uh, from the outskirts of uh, the LA metropolis, I'm Roger. Uh, another Jay Martin in our Discord suggests the Zudio, Sarah. Ooh, nice. I had not thought about we the do Zudio. Have the, we do have the smartest we audience really in the do. world. Yeah, very funny, um, at least. Yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we're going to talk about Google and how they just take stuff away once you get used to it. But let's start <laughs> with a few tech things you should know. Well, if you watched the Emmy Awards last night, we were talking about this in the pre-show. For the first time ever, a streaming service, and that's Netflix, tied for most Emmy wins Monday night. HBO shared the top honors. They both had 23 wins each. Amazon also collected eight awards, including Best Comedy for The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. That one got quite a few awards last night. And Hulu took home four. Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is indeed marvelous. I recommend you watch it. The Renault-Nissan-Mitsubishi Alliance has agreed to a multi-year deal with Google to produce vehicles with Android infotainment systems beginning in 2021. The system would have the Google Play Store available in Dash, uh, be combined with the carmaker's Intelligent Cloud, and be compatible with non-Android phones. I'm not going to lie. I made sure I gave that headline to Patrick so that someone could properly say Renault. <laughs> Renault, you mean? Yes, that that is that. right. Uh, Qualcomm and Apple began a second trial with the U.S. International Trade Commission. Yes, this is trial number two, separate from the other one. 
And they got other court cases to boot as well. Qualcomm is asking the ITC to ban some iPhone models from import for patent violations relating to how Intel modem chips handle radio signals in the iPhone and one relating to how Apple's own processor handles sleep mode. The previous case between Qualcomm and Apple related to battery management and also some other functions of the modem. All right, let's talk a little bit more about Twitter doing something people wanted. (laughs) For once, Twitter is now allowing users to uncheck the settings box reading Show the best tweets first, which reverts your timeline to a non-algorithmic reverse chronological order. The company introduced a default algorith- uh, algorithmic model in early 2016. Twitter says it's been planning this update for some time based on user feedback and is working on an even easier way. <clears throat> I apologize. Um, on an easier way to switch between relevant and chronological views. Okay, I, I will play the part of the ungrateful Twitter user now. Uh, great. How about editable tweets instead? Also, I think that's- uh, can you maintain TweetDeck maybe too? Okay, I'm sure there's more, but uh, there are. I, I think editing right. tweets yeah. is. Why just go up the API for TweetBots? No, that's what I use. <laughs> I mean, this is I, this is something that I think everyone thinks they want, but. Actually, they don't, but they think they want it so much that I really don't understand why Twitter doesn't have an easy way of choosing between chronological and algorithmic. And just default to algorithmic if you want to, but giving that option really doesn't seem like a a big uh, technological challenge. And I really don't understand why neither them nor Facebook actually, or really anyone that uh, implements algorithmic um, uh, uh, displays, enables it seems like a no-brainer well facebook has been i gave up on facebook being chronological in any sense a long time ago um the fact that twitter is at least giving people an option is great this is part of the reason that i have not used web twitter since they introduced the algorithm part of it is because i don't want to see ads either and i also like tweetbot and i've been supporting this third-party software company for some time so so it's a little bit more complicated but I found Twitter, um, it was sort of like a landmine of uselessness because I'm so used to everything being chronological because I prefer to be a news source. Now, not everybody feels the same way. And it's nice that Twitter is now offering the, the, uh, at least the option. And there was some, there was some talk on the internet that this was due to somebody tweeting that you could mute certain keywords and kind of get around the algorithm. And Twitter said, We've been thinking about doing this for a long time. So that's not the reason that we did it. We didn't do it just to be reactionary to somebody complaining about this or, or, or figuring a workaround. But uh, it's, it's nice to have the choice. That's, yeah. In that, fact, that, 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 I, how could you not be, uh, you know, happy about that? I, I get what Twitter's saying about having this a, as a setting is not optimal. And they, they've been taking a long time because they want to get it right. They want to roll it out in a way that makes sense. And so they're doing a lot of testing and being careful. Everybody's like, why don't you just do it? And then when Twitter or Facebook or anybody else just does it, they're like, why'd you do it that way? Uh, why didn't you test it more? Tell us about it earlier. So in, in a sense, nobody can ever get it right. But I, I agree with you, Patrick. I think what you want is a toggle or something that says, let me see what it's like in chronological order when I want to. Because most of the time, I, I think the algorithm's just fine, personally. Well, I mean, that's exactly what they're offering. 
No, they're they're making putting in settings. I want to toggle like right on the interface, right oh, on the front okay. page. It says like, oh, oh, let me just click that real quick and see what it looks like chronological. Oh, that's it. Okay, great. Let me go right back. Well, Twitter, you have work yet to do. Mozilla released version 1.0 of Firefox Reality, which is a web browser built for standalone virtual reality and AR headsets. Firefox Reality is now available in the Viveport, Oculus, and Daydream app stores. Mozilla first announced work on the open source browser back in April. So they've been working on this for a little bit uh, of some time, at least publicly. Users can adjust things like screen size or brightness of screens. They can choose an environment for the browser. And Mozilla says upcoming features include support for bookmarks, 360-degree videos, and accounts. I, you know, God bless Mozilla. Thank, Thank God they're here. Um, but I'm not sure this is going to light the world on fire. Well, we, no. we need a web browser designed for VR. I think yeah. that is a good thing. But yeah, it's it's more a question of do enough people use VR for this to light the world on fire? But if you use VR, I think this is a great thing. As, as someone who has an Oculus Go, I can't wait to try it out. I mean, do you? Yes, but do you really want to use VR to browse the web? I don't know until question. someone tries to make a decent browser. Maybe I do. Right. Mm, yeah, maybe. Yeah. We were, we were talking about the way that we all type differently the other day. Um, and Mozilla said, you know, in, in many situations, having keyboard access is okay for some folks, but when you're in a VR environment, it's not very helpful. You need, you need uh, a lot of um, uh, spoken commands. And do you want to be in a browser that is, uh, you know, completely uh, black surrounding you? Well, maybe not, especially during the day, you know, that sort of thing. So there's all sorts of reimagining of browser worlds that, yeah, as you mentioned, Tom, I don't think we know what that is. Also, I, I, best want, yet. I want virtual reality websites and I don't, I don't want to surf the 2d web in, in VR so much as have a browser that is working so that people will make virtual reality experiences on the web. And I don't have to download an app for every experience. Google announced it will give up some control over how the Accelerated Mobile Pages or AMP project is managed. Google launched AMP saying it would be part of the open web, but a lot of web developers think that's not really the case. So AMP will no longer have all its final decisions made by Google employee Malte Ubel. Instead, AMP will be governed by a technical steering committee, an advisory committee, and working groups, all containing non-Google employees alongside some Google employees, of course. The advisory committee already has members from the Washington Post, AliExpress, eBay, Cloudflare, and WordPress maker Automatic. Google has also been working with the W3C separately to create a standard for accelerated web pages that AMP could comply with, but would not be the same as AMP. Uh, so they, they're really trying to say, no, we really want to do open source and open standards correct. I almost want us not to need AMP. I understand the reason for it, but there is, uh, you know, a, a purity to the idea that you are going to get, because basically what that means is a formalization of what is already the case, which is a different web on a desktop and on a uh, smartphone. No, but I mean, this, load this on the desktop too. You can have AMP I'm pages. sorry? You can have AMP pages load on the desktop. I do all the time. Yeah, but that's not what they're designed for. No, uh, but... It's not like they're separated. Uh, right, right. Yeah. I mean, uh, anyway, this is a, a different thing. Um, it, it's good that uh, if uh, I think if Google wants 
AMP to become a de facto standard. They need to do this. And they want it to become a de facto standard because they want more people to be able to serve the web more efficiently, which has always been uh, the motivation for, you know, 80% of what they do. So this is a, a logical move. It wasn't very uh, um, open web-ish before. Now it probably is a little bit more. Agreed. Instagram's Explore is getting a personalized shopping channel to let users discover items for purchase and then checking out on the merchant's website. Instagram is also expanding its shopping tags for Instagram stories to all viewers worldwide after and letting brands in 46 countries add the shopping bag icon to stories that users can click through to buy what they saw. Take that, Pinterest. Hmm. You know, we knew that this was happening. Uh, I don't. I haven't bought anything yet. Uh, this is this is news as far as the functionality that I'm seeing. Anyway, yeah, it's the I've, category page is the is the key here, right? It's 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 having a whole shopping section where you can just go and like get your retail therapy, so to speak. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Okay. So when Instagram first uh, introduced ads, you know, I was like, hide ad, hide ad. I was really good about that for a while. And then I was like, they're never stopping. I just, I'll just do my best to ignore them. I, I do a pretty good job of not looking at ads. Every once in a while, something gets me where I'm like, ooh, that's a beautiful shot of a living room. Oh, wait, that's an ad. But, um, <laughs> but, but I, I, I'm, not, I, I'm not buying anything on Instagram. However, if I was following, oh, let's say a really cool interior designer uh, who had uh, regular items that were in his or her stories that were actually of value to me, you know, Tom, you're moving to a new house. There, sure. you, you can think of lots of reasons where this would be like, you know, maybe not all the time, but but if it's a more seamless experience and they're going to be ads anyway, then sure, if you want to buy something, but, but make I, it I, easy. This is why I wanted to emphasize the shopping section because this isn't about ads. This is about people I'm following selling me stuff or I well, decide to go to the shopping se- section and and look for things to buy rather than having it pushed to me in my feed. I think that's I think that's the bigger difference here. Well, they're offering both. The the yeah, functionality it, it, it is doesn't is really twofold. change the ads so much. Uh it's 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 saying like, hey folks who like to shop on Instagram, we're going to make it even easier. Well, sure, but that's an ad. Well, okay. That, when you say ad, I'm thinking the thing that shows up as a picture in my Instagram feed, right? That's not really mm-hmm. changing. Um, right. The, the, the checkout, I guess, might get a little faster on those, but th- there's nothing changing there. What is changing is in my Instagram story from the person I actually follow, I can click through and buy a thing because I follow the architect, like you're saying. Or I, and, and again, the thing that I think is most significant is I can now go into a tab called shopping specifically because I want to look at the catalog and buy some stuff. Yeah. I mean, hey, give, give it, give it a, its own tab. Uh, great. People want to buy stuff, making it easier. It sounds go like you just, you're like, I don't want to shop on Instagram, right? <laughs> Not, no, but I don't shop on Pinterest. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah, it feels like this is a play to, as you mentioned in the beginning, Tom, this is basically going for the, now that they've essentially killed the momentum of Snapchat, they, they're turning their gaze onto uh, 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 Pinterest and thinking, how can we kill them now? So... <laughs> That's well, and that's also turn a turn a buck or two, right? Because they're gonna yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. 
And I'm guessing I'm guessing a lot of creators uh, that are you know big on Instagram are very happy with this because they can get a commission. I'm sure on stuff. Uh, Sources oh. tell CNBC that Amazon plans to release at least eight new voice assistant powered devices before the end of the year, including a microwave oven, an amplifier, a receiver, a subwoofer, and an in-car gadget some kinds, anonymous sources, but all the devices may connect to Amazon voice control and some reportedly will have it built in as well. Basically the difference between a light bulb that you could tell your echo to control versus an Amazon echo itself. Amazon's expected to announce the devices at an event later this month. Yeah. So I'm guessing the, this is total guessing, but like the amp, the receiver and the subwoofer would be like a Sonos where you can tell you're at, well, actually, Sonos has Amazon voice services built in, so maybe that's a bad example. Um, but these are Amazon-made. So they're similar to the stuff that's already out there, like a Sonos, but they're going to be made by Amazon. Some of them you'll tell your Echo, hey, tell the microwave oven to set itself for two minutes, right? But you wouldn't be able to talk directly to the oven, let's say. But then you could talk directly to the amp or to the car. This is such an Amazon approach. Such an Amazon approach. All right, we have something good. Where else can you put it? Uh, can we put it in the in, in the car? All right, let's but do that. But they're not in the, the first oven, ones to do it, it, Patrick. Everybody's been making all of these products already. It's just Amazon's like, oh, those seem to be doing well. Let's make them ourselves. Right, but if you think of the other big tech companies, you know, companies like like Google or Apple or even they, they seem a lot more uh, deliberate and considerate in the way they introduce new products. Amazon has to be everywhere and try everything and see what sticks. I think it's a slightly mm-hmm. different approach. I do think that the voice controlling world that many of us have become more used to. Uh, a couple of years ago, if you would have said, a microwave oven, you can tell to set for one minute. I'd be like, no one wants that. I'm still not and sure. now I'm like, I want that. Do you? Okay. I do. I mean, I'm not like sitting around in the kitchen being like, if only I could talk to my microwave oven, but I would use it. <laughs> well, hey, if I, I don't have to walk across the room and, you know, I press four buttons. I I'd, immediately yeah. think of uh, having the Echo tell me like, hey, your microwave is done, Right case you didn't hear it beeping or something like that mm. <laughs> well no i mean that's that's something with my tavala oven it's in the other room i don't always hear the beep but my app goes off right so having having the echo you know tell you like oh your sandwich is ready that that would be kind of cool <laughs> no? yeah. Yeah. i don't know give it a, give it a try yeah you okay. guys i thought that would be the least controversial thing i've said all day you guys seem to think it's the dumbest thing ever. no i mean i i think it's <laughs> <laughs> Why not? But also, I think you hear the beep. It's one of those things where uh, I think it's getting put into something you don't really need it I for. Don't hear the but beep. maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we live in different size places. Well, I also dislike the. Oh, I'm sorry. I I understand we're not from the in same. Tom's world. palatial estate. Yeah. You can't hear <laughs> in my the mansion. Folly oven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. And you're, no, you're just tired to the parlor. Sometimes I'm like, got music playing or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, You've yeah. never had that problem. I'm sorry. I have. I, no, I, under, I understand what you're saying. I just think it's not going to get a lot of, of use for this. But, you know, uh, right, is it going to be more fire, fire phone or more, you know, uh, uh, fire TV? We don't know. I, I would say <laughs> fire TV, uh, fire phone, but maybe it's more fire TV. I've been wanting to create a regular segment called You're So Smart. Uh, where we get our listeners who are way smarter than us to write in <laughs> and tell us things that excuse they are very you, smart about. What's that? <laughs> I said, excuse you. <laughs> well, they're smarter than me. Uh, well, we're, we're at least have um, can, can give us great examples of why some yeah. smart home device that we may not be using is really So valuable. microwave oven, amp, receiver, subwoofer, in-car gadget, feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com to tell us why they would be useful. We already covered the the spread of why they wouldn't be. We don't necessarily hear about that part. Hey, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day in about five minutes, be sure to subscribe to DailyTechHeadlines.com. So YouTube's retiring its gaming app. Um, it's been around since 2015. It's lasted a lot longer than other Google YouTube properties. Uh, but it's going away sometime next spring. I'm not sure. March, April. They haven't quite decided yet. Uh, its features are supposed to all come to the YouTube app. So the idea is not that they're getting rid of YouTube gaming, but they're just going to fold it back into the YouTube app. So things like game pages, live stream gaming from your phone, they say, we're going to figure that out. We're going to give you an option for that somehow. Uh, things like Super Chat and channel memberships are already in the YouTube app. So that's our, they're already moving in that direction. And YouTube director of gaming content uh, told TechCrunch, we have 200 million people that are logged in watching gaming content every single day, 200 million. And the majority of them, quite frankly, are just not using the YouTube gaming app for their gaming experience. They're just watching on the regular YouTube app. Uh, in fact, over the last year, more than 50 billion hours of gaming content has been watched. And YouTube has over 500,000 quarterly active live gaming streamers. And TechCrunch cited Sensor Tower showing that there are 11 million total users of the YouTube gaming app. That doesn't mean they're daily active users, but 11 million total. And they consistently continue to install the app across iOS and Android. Although 11 million total out of 200 million logged in. 
tells you something right there. Uh, they're also going to be launching youtube.com slash gaming, so you can go straight to all the gaming content. That's launched in the U.S. with a global rollout to follow. Yeah, so there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, first of all, 11 million out of 200 million logged in every day, and 11 million is total. 11 million so I think, installed and 200 right. million logged in every day. So that's, right, right. that's yeah, that's it's not even 11 million logged in. It's a less number, lesser number than 11 million logged in. So a, right. a small percentage. A small percentage. I think a lot of people installed the app and then promptly never used it again. Right. Um, at least that's the anecdotal evidence I have on my uh, end. That seems to be what YouTube's that's saying as well. Yeah, exactly. And I think a lot of people are taking this to mean YouTube is retiring YouTube gaming. And as you explained, it is absolutely not the case. It could not be farther from uh, the case. Uh, YouTube is very much a gaming destination for pre-recorded uh, videos. And the interesting number that we have for um, uh, uh, streamers is the one that I think should be noted. They say YouTube has over 500,000 quarter quarterly active like gaming mm. streamers. Quarterly. Yeah, that's spreading No that one ever talks... No one ever talks quarterly. So I think the really interesting part here is YouTube launched YouTube Gaming uh, at the same time, maybe in a bid to try and make game streaming happen in an effort to take away some of Twitch's thunder. And it seems they haven't really succeeded. To be fair, no one has really succeeded. Facebook is trying the same thing. Uh, but the gaming community is very squarely... Uh, 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 set on using Twitch for live streaming. On the other hand, uh, Twitch is also not seemingly not making headway in or not even really trying to uh, be a destination for pre-recorded content beyond the archives of the streams. So it's, it's interesting to see that we have these two different properties where gaming is incredibly important on both, but they each have their function. And for some reason, People don't want to use either for the purpose that they weren't primarily designed for. I'm not sure exactly why, but I exhibit the same behavior. I never go never go to YouTube for game streaming. There might be events I'm going to watch, but not game streaming. I always go to Twitch and vice versa. Um, but gaming is still an immense part of YouTube. It's the first, you know, the, the top one category of uh, videos period. And so I it's still very big. I think that's what YouTube has discovered is, oh, we have a successful gaming solution. We, we had a successful gaming community already trying to create a Twitch competitor called YouTube Gaming just was sort of irrelevant to most people. They're like, well, if it's YouTube, I'll just watch it on YouTube. If they yeah. were going to take on Twitch, it might have been smarter. It might have been dumber to create a separate brand that was called, you know, thumbs or something. <laughs> uh, and, and, and integrate it with YouTube, but really kind of bill it as a Twitch competitor, like a young upstart. I think you would have people install it and use it directly rather than calling it YouTube gaming in which people are like, Oh, it's on YouTube. Well, I'll just launch YouTube. Like when you search for YouTube gaming, YouTube, the app comes up and you probably end up just hitting that anyway. 
and and it's mostly just as good if you're gonna you do everything through search so yes it's good to have a game page that's dedicated to the game you want to see but if you search for uh the 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 video the title of the video you want to see you're going to get it anyway um it, it as you uh, said the gaming portion of the app or well the entire app actually is going to be ported over to the main youtube app so it's still going to live in there so essentially we're kind of making a chicken out of a fe- feather uh, i think it's a swedish saying wow um, <laughs> <laughs> we're making a chicken out of a feather because it this really doesn't mean anything other than literally the youtube gaming app is going away. I think it's resonated with people because YouTube is in the habit of taking things away um, that people like or that some people like. Listen, in this case, it's something that people didn't really like anyway. I, I think you're absolutely right. But all I can think of now is I'm never going to say mountain out of a molehill ever again. It's chicken <laughs> out of a feather from here on out. <laughs> I approve. That was lovely. <clears throat> also lovely, everyone who participates in our subreddit, you can submit stories and vote on them at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com. We're also on Facebook. Head on over there, facebook.com slash groups slash dailytechnewsshow. Also, Chris Christensen is back with us with some tech to make you better understood when you're overseas. This is Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler with another Tech in Travel Minute. On my last trip to Central Europe, I was reviewing a new device called a Langogo, which is available on Indiegogo, not to confuse things, but it is a pocket translator. We're getting just a little closer to the Babel fish or to the universal translator. This device knows a number of different languages. It has to be connected to a cell system, so you have to either buy through them or have a SIM that you can put into it. But it does do translation, and it does it pretty well. You just speak a phrase into it like, Budapest was a very beautiful city, and it gives you Budapest egy nagyon szép város. And that, of course, is in Hungarian because it does a great variety of languages. I tested it with Hungarian and with native Brazilian Portuguese speakers, and it got pretty good reviews for giving a decent translation and a good accent. The device, again, is Langogo, and I'm Chris Christensen from Amateur Traveler. Yeah, I mean it's a dedicated device, but it's also a Wi-Fi hotspot. Uh, so it's kind of it's kind of a cool thing. I'm glad Chris pointed that out because I would have been like, "Well, you just get an app," uh, but it's it's got an eSIM in it. Uh, it's a cool thing. Go check it out. Sometimes, uh, sometimes a, a dedicated device is something you need. Also, mm-hmm. I'd like to say Chris Christensen really seems like more of a professional traveler to me. I, I don't know if he, <laughs> he has a day right. job, I believe. Although Chris, yeah. let me know if that's not true anymore. And that was always the thing is. As much as he travels, uh, he he still has to he still has to keep keep his day job. I know, going. I know. But you're right; he does travel quite a bit, and he's good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe he's not getting paid he's for it, just which a really is why good amateur. Yeah. He's a, he's an Olympic athlete traveler. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's check out the mailbag. Let's do it. Tim wrote in, and every once in a while, we like to highlight somebody who's who's uh, showing off their gear. That's DTNS gear. Tim says, hello, Tom, Sarah, Roger, and Patrick. Received my great DTNS hat a couple of weeks ago. It even looks good on old geeks here in the cornfields of northern Illinois. Keep up the great work. Proud to be a boss and a fan, a follower, and a friend since the buzz out loud days. Ah, oh, Mag Tim Mag. That's awesome. Uh, and looking good in that hat, brother. Nice Looking real good, yeah. real good. Yeah, if you got if you got gear, you want us to show off. Uh, you know, keep them coming. Yeah, send it to us. Feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Thanks to Patrick Bajar for being with us, even though it's very dark. 
And there's feathers and chickens in Finland. I don't even know what's going on over there, but uh, we're always happy to have you. <laughs> what's been going on since we saw you last? Uh, well, listen, first of all, it's very dark here, but you are all my sunshine. So that's uh, so what's been going on? Wow, so much. How long do I have? Uh, 30 seconds. All right. <laughs> yeah. I- <laughs> it's an Emmy speech, Patrick. Wrap it up. <laughs> Oh, it's cue the music because I've got to take a while. Uh, so, first of all, the Phileas Club. Oh my God, he did it. Uh, the Phileas Club. We just recorded an episode called uh, "Tales of Fatherhood," where we talk about being dads. And when I say we, we have me, who's half in France, half in Finland. Uh, Martin, who is half in France, half in Japan, and Bruce, who grew up in Zimbabwe and currently is in Scotland. And we talk about uh, having kids and all of it. You know the 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 announcement the pregnancy the 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 actual delivery how it went for us and the cultural differences and a bunch of other things so if you think you might be interested go check that out the other thing i would like to recommend is uh, pixels which is a show about games and one of the recent episodes we did was a special on a, on the game dead cells where uh, i interviewed two of the developers they're french and they have a lovely accent it's a show in english but we talk about the game the challenge it's a huge success. And we also talk about the company, um, which is a very weird structure where everyone is essentially a co-CEO. They all have the same share of the profits. They all have the same pay. They all have the same decision power. And it works. So if you think that would be interesting, go check that out. It's uh, the Phileas Club and Pixels. It's available at frenchspin.com. Folks, uh, without you, this show would just be a feather. But thanks to our patrons, it's a whole chicken. It's a bunch of, it's a freaking barnyard full of chicken. Delicious. Yeah. Rotisserie. Uh, please, please join in the fun if you haven't already. Don't be left out in the cold. There's all kinds of cool stuff going on in our Discord, in our Slack, uh, and just on Patreon itself. Check it out, patreon.com slash DTNS. If you've got feedback, we'd like to hear it. Our email address is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2030 UTC. And you can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Back tomorrow with Scott Johnson. Talk to you then. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024.